Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so happy that you are here today because God's word is going to build you up to do every single thing that God has called you to do and to become the person that God has called you to become. Praise God. Now today, let's look at a verse in the book of Proverbs chapter four, verse 18. We're going to receive the tithes and the offerings. We're going to bring in, bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. And verse 18 says, but the path of the just, that's you, you are the just, you are the righteous in Christ, but the path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. Well, as there is a path to walk with God and to please the Lord and to serve the Lord, there is also the financial path that God has pre-planned and destined for you to walk on. And while there are rewards and blessings in heaven, God wants you to experience his best for your finances while you are here on the earth, because right now is when you need it. Praise God. The path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter unto the perfect day. And I want you by faith based upon this verse to see your financial picture becoming brighter and brighter. There are some believers that have a very negative view concerning God's ability to take care of them. And all they do is they talk about the rising cost, perhaps of gasoline. And we are aware of that or the, uh, you know, what's going on with the inflation. And we are aware of that, but we need to be talking about the covenant and we need to be glorifying God as our Jehovah Jireh. You know, I went to buy something the other day and I uh, had to buy a, a few pieces of lumber. And when I got to the checkout aisle to pay for the lumber, the person working there said, Oh, isn't this just awful? What is happening to lumber? Because lumber prices have skyrocketed over the last year. And you know, to be honest, I wasn't even thinking about the price of lumber. <laughs> I'm only buying a couple of boards. I'm buying two boards and they're each $3 a piece. So I'm going to, I'm going to spend $6. I didn't think we we're hitting into some type of financial Armageddon, but she had a reaction of the, of the lumber. Oh, and all it is is two little boards. Well, we've uh, of course have bought a lot more than a few little boards over the last year or so as you know, the ministry property always needs something to be, uh, uh, you know, restored or fixed up or whatever it might be, as well as some things with our own funds, of course, that my wife and I would use for our house. But, uh, you know, the person working the cash register, I would probably uh, suspect is a Christian because the person's very nice, very sweet. And, uh, and most of the people in the area here are evangelical Christians. But you can love God and be on your way to heaven and you, and you, you can't even get the victory over a, a two foot piece of lumber. <laughs> and so their vision for people that think like that is that things are going to get worse and worse. But what does God's word say? The path of the just is like the shining sun that shines ever brighter. 
So for you, the believer, the covenant child of God, who understands God's covenant empowerment, for you it's going to get brighter and brighter, better and better, to the point that one day you will step over and be with the Lord forever, and you will then walk on literal streets of gold. So you can see it's going to get brighter, 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 but it's not on the earth getting worse and worse. No, it's getting brighter and brighter for you here, and you'll step into a place of ultimate brightness. Hallelujah. So everything's getting better. Praise God for those that work the covenant. Praise God. Now we are one week away from April 17th, which is Passover Sunday, resurrection Sunday morning. And as you know, we are uh, stirring up our hearts to bring in the special offering for Passover Resurrection Sunday. These special offerings are going towards the Pure Gold television program. And our offering is based off Leviticus chapter 23 and verse 22. And let me read that. When you reap the harvest of your land, you shall not wholly reap the corners of your field when you reap nor shall you gather any gleaning from your harvest. You shall leave them for the poor and for the stranger. I am the Lord your God. So the bigger you make your corners, and God doesn't decide how big your corners will be. That's up to you. But the bigger you make your corners, the bigger God will make your field. And based upon that, uh, as we're coming into Passover Resurrection Sunday, the Holy Spirit showed me, and I, I heard the Holy Spirit speak, he actually told me that $7,000 is the golden seed and you can space it out over nine months for those that can do this. Okay. Cause not everybody can, but for those who can, those who can reach to it by faith and you, you believe that you can, with God's help, you can do this. That actually comes out over the next nine months, this month and the remaining eight months of the year, it actually comes out to $777 and 77 cents. And this all goes towards Pure Gold, the half-hour television program that right now is reaching a potential viewing audience of over 1 billion people. And by God's grace, we are growing, reaching in to many parts of the world. Hallelujah. So I would like for you to stand with me in this. For those of you that can sow the special seed, the golden seed of 777.77 for nine months, God bless you. I'm believing God for 30 people to stand with me on that project. And for others, you, you may think, well, I can't do that, Pastor Stephen, but perhaps you could do an overall goal of $777 divided by nine over the nine months left in the year comes out to $77 and 77 cents a month. Perhaps you could do that. Now, of course, we always need to honor the Lord with the tithe, the 10% belongs to the Lord. Offerings are above the tithe. Praise God. So the tithe keeps the ministry running smoothly. It helps everything to work the way that it should. And the offerings are the empowerment that in that, that enables us to reach further than we ever could. Hallelujah. And we are by God's grace reaching uh, all over the world. Praise God with the gospel. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So my friends prepare your first offering towards the pure gold seed, okay, which will be brought in on April 17. Now, some of you have 
you're, you're, you're already melded in. Some of you have already brought it in online. God bless you for that. Praise the Lord. So let's be ready to get those in on or by April 17th, which is, which is resurrection Sunday. The day that God gave his best is also the day that we give our best. So some of you can do the special one-time gift for many. It's easier as a pledge because you can spread it out over nine months. Praise God. So I'm asking you to stand with me, make a faith pledge according to what you can do. Hallelujah. And watch God increase the size of your field. Mm -mm -mm. You know what my prayer for you is? My prayer is that out of this special offering, okay, out of the special offering that's going to go for the Pure Gold television program, I'm praying that God turn you into a Boaz donor. See, Boaz in the Bible was a man of great wealth. Boaz in Hebrew, the root word means strength. So his name means strength. He was a man of great wealth. I am praying that God raise up out of this offering men and women that will become Boaz wealthy, kingdom-minded people. And there will come a point in your life, not too far out, where you will see such financial strength that you will be able to, to then take it to another level. You go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you for standing with me and for your heart for this ministry and for your love for people that you've never met around the world that hear these programs. You know, we get emails in uh, from people saying, Pastor Stephen, your message has so encouraged me. Your teachings are changing my life, and my walk with the Lord is really uh, coming online the way that I always wanted it to. So you are showing your love to those people, and we're going to just continue to take the good news around the world. Thank you. Thank you. Praise God. And again, the bigger you make your corners, the bigger God will make your field. Thank you for considering the poor, and for the stranger, and we're taking the gospel to them. Hallelujah. And one of, the, one of the great things of the gospel is that you don't have to be poor anymore, that in Christ, Jesus bore on Calvary the curse of the law, and that curse included every yucky bad thing out there, from sickness to disease to all kinds of awful things, and most certainly it included poverty, which is a, a, a byproduct of the curse. So Jesus bore that. And so that's part of what we preach and proclaim because it's part of the gospel, part and parcel of the gospel, along with forgiveness of his sin of sins and eternal life. Praise God. So I am a full gospel preacher. Hallelujah. Amen. So thank you for standing with me so that we can take it around the world. Praise God. Praise God. Amen. All right. Now, for those of you that that are bringing your tithes and offerings in online and you want to do the special golden seed, just make note of that or whatever you can do. Even if it's the $77 and 77 cents a month, make a note of that. So that can be designated into, uh, we'll, we'll, as it comes in, we'll put that towards the pure gold television program. We have our own special account just for that. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Now, if you want to do it online, you can do so right now. Please go to the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. And on the homepage, you'll see the red heart that says give. That's where you can bring your tithe in. Right beneath the red heart, you'll see the orange link that says projects. 
click on that and you'll see the project for pure gold Passover offering. Woo. Praise God. Click that. And you can, you can make your first of nine payments there. Uh, or, or faith pledges there. Okay. Now, if you want to, uh, mail in your gifts, your tithes, your offerings, please send them to Stephen Brooks International PO Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina, 28654. And along with your tithe, if you have the special offering for pure gold and you're, you're pledging towards that commitment, just make a note of that on the check so that we know what that is for. Hallelujah. Now, for those of you that are making the faith pledge for the next nine months to make a certain uh, uh, pledge each month that will total in the, that will get you in the sevens, whether it's $777.77 or, or I'm believing, like I said, for 30 people to pledge the $7,000 amount spread out over nine months, let me know by emailing me at contact at stephenbrooks.org and just say, Pastor Stephen, I'm in. I'm in with you. I'm making a faith pledge. Hallelujah. And thank you for your, your response on or before uh, Passover Resurrection Sunday, April 17th. Now lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching, those that are sowing. Father, I thank you for the tithers because nothing happens in the earth without tithers. Tithers build church buildings. Tithers uh, just keep your kingdom rolling forward. And I thank you father for those also that see the, the potential for great increase through your structured system of offerings in which we have opportunity for divine lifting. So father, I'm praying for those that are sowing into this pure gold television program. Oh God, I'm praying that you raise up male and female Boazes. Hallelujah, that they come into great wealth and that they and, and that it be for the uh, primary purpose of kingdom furtherance. I want to thank you, Father God, that they love you and they love your kingdom and they have eternity awareness. They're conscious of the value of time and how short our life here on earth is. And I thank you, O oh God, I pray that you shower them with financial empowerment through wisdom, through ideas, through creativity. Lord, that they will expand and increase on all sides. I thank you, Father God, that as Boaz made his corners large and Ruth wandered into them. Okay. So, Father, I'm praying that as they're making their corners large, that you make them like Boaz and give them a large field. Now, Father, we thank you. We thank you. A large income, large provision. We thank you. Oh, God, we give you praise. In the name of Jesus, bless your people. Amen and amen. Woo, what a glorious Passover it is going to be. Mm -mm. I'm telling you, Jesus is alive. Woo, he's alive. He's moving in the earth by the power of his Holy Spirit. Praise the Lord. All right, let's take our Bibles today and go to the book of Zechariah. Zechariah chapter 4, I want to talk a little bit more along the line of the Holy Spirit. Uh, we have been discussing the anointing of the Spirit lately, so that will uh, certainly will have some of that mix in today's message. Today I want to talk about the superior side of the supernatural. We're going to be in Zechariah chapter 4. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we go into your word, we, we ask that your Holy Spirit would come bringing revelation, understanding, uh, unveiling of your word so that we can take it 
and apply it to our lives because we so clearly understand it. Now, Father, we thank you that as we walk in your wisdom, it is producing explosive proofs in our lives, miraculous proofs. We thank you, Father God, that it is impossible for us to be doers of the word and to be covenant people and not make an impact. It is impossible. So we thank you, Father God, that your word is working mightily in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray, and we all agree and say, Amen. Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6. So he answered and said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, and this is the word of the Lord to you and to me, of course, as well. Here it is, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. When we depend on the Holy Spirit, we are safe and our destiny is secured, but you're going to have to really, my friends, learn to lean on the Holy Spirit because he is here with you. He's in you. He's with you. He walks beside you and he is going to lead you forward into the fullness of what God has preplanned for your life to be. Hallelujah. So at the same time, as we are sensitive to the Holy Spirit, don't let the devil lure you into something wrong because the devil is very busy. He's very active with the various uh, spirits that he has operating within the earth. Because of this, we really do need total dependence on the Holy Spirit. Now, the devil operates by these various spirits, uh, spirits such as uh, fear, spirits of fornication. Uh, spirits of uh, drug usage. Uh, we're seeing pandemics and things like that. Did you know that just one grain of fentanyl, which is, which is smaller than a grain of sand, one speck of fentanyl, if it's laced into a drug and a person unknowingly takes that drug, it's instant death. One speck smaller than a, than a little flake of pepper, one speck of fentanyl can kill a full-grown adult. That's why we are seeing a pandemic uh, among many, many young people, particularly uh, millennials, even sadly teenagers, because they have been using uh, these uh, types of uh, drugs that are out there that, of course, are illegal. But now you, uh, the, the devil is even doing more awful things by causing many of these drugs to be laced with fentanyl. And it is... Um, it is one of the most dangerous substances on, on the earth today. And in uh, one state, it's absolutely a pandemic. Of course, that would be the state that legalized, first state to legalize marijuana. So um, it's out of control. But my friends, we must lean on the Holy Spirit because there is protection in the Holy Spirit. Praise God. But all of these spirits are out there right now, particularly a lying spirit. Do you know that there are people in politics that make their full-time living by doing nothing but telling lies. They stand before uh, as a spokesman for somebody of power or authority, and they stand up there, and every single thing they're saying is an absolute lie. And if they are asked further probing questions, all they do is spin it and double down on the lie 
that they've already previously told. And it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. And then you have others, uh, media and so forth, that uh, just try to keep that rolling. But uh, there are going to be some great shakings in those camps. But there is a tremendous spirit of lying right now that has been released in our nation, released in our, our, our government. And uh, we're going to need the Holy Spirit to continue to illuminate us and enlighten us concerning the truth. It is true that the whole world, and when I say world, I'm talking about the unbelievers in the earth. The whole world lies in like a magnetic field of wickedness. The whole world is uh, oppressed by this magnetic realm of wickedness that that is there because of Satan and all of his demons. It's almost like Satan can push a button and, and uh, it's like remote control. Uh, evil spirits go out and they work with an unbeliever who's under that dominion of evil and they end up doing something or doing various things that just cause, uh, you know, uh, darkness to continue to uh, run throughout the earth. But but there is exemption for God's people. We see this in 1 John chapter 5. First of all, let's look at uh, verse 19 to validate what is going on in the world today. We know that we are of God. We are, okay? And the whole world, that would be the unbelievers, that, those that do not belong to God, the whole world lies under the sway or the influence. Many translations say control. The whole world lies under the sway, the influence, the control of the wicked one. Mm-mm. So there are many that are under the influence, the dominion of the devil, but we are not because through the Lord's death, his burial and resurrection, Jesus brought about an eternal defeat to Satan and Satan before the believer has been stripped of all of his power and authority. The only thing that he has to operate and work with are deception and tricks. Mm-mm. Oh, he's a master illusionist. <laughs> if they took him to Las Vegas, he'd be the number one magician because nobody can outdo him when it comes to uh, lies, deception, uh, smoke and mirror show. That's he's the master at that. But He has been defanged in the position of having to go up against the true believer. And we see that revealed in the same chapter, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. For whatever is born of God, okay? So when you're born of God, you are taken out of the kingdom of darkness and you're moved over into the kingdom of light, the kingdom of God's Son. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. So the world that is under satanic control, influence, and dominion, when you come to God and you become a child of God, you leave the darkness and you come into the kingdom of light. And this is the victory that, uh, that has overcome the world, our faith. Praise the Lord. So when we are walking in faith, we are walking in the earth through the valley of the shadow of death. We are walking in faith and we are overcoming everything, everything as we go forward. Hallelujah. Now, all who believe in Jesus and are conscious of this fact of being overcomers cannot be trapped 
by all of these different types of evil spirits who are behind the many sinful acts that are taking place. You know, uh, one of the curses that God said comes upon a nation when a nation forsakes the laws and the ways of God is that wild beast are, uh, you can't control the wild beast. Now, back in the old days, of course, of ancient Israel, that would have meant you've got a bunch of lions coming in and, uh, you, you've got bears mauling people, killing people. But today, uh, you have the wild beast of all of these, uh, predatory, uh, uh, child, uh, you know, perverts, uh, molesters and, uh, all of these kidnappers and all of these awful people. And that is one of the, uh, heinous judgments, uh, when a nation begins to turn away from the Lord, the wild beasts begin to show up in the land and you have, uh, horrible things on the news of, uh, uh, of these types of things that take place. But we thank God that we are protected. That's why you do not want to be walking out there in the devil's turf, uh, not serving the Lord because it is a very, very dangerous world today. Praise God through the new birth. We are now classified in the eyes of God as overcomers. And that means that we belong to the superior side of the supernatural. And yes, there's a supernatural realm of uh, evil spirits and so forth, but we belong to the side of light, to the positive side. We belong not to the eternal losing side, but we belong to the winning side. That is the superior side. Mm-mm. You know, all of these wicked, corrupt politicians, they may have have their day and all of these wicked, corrupt businessmen uh, using their great wealth for evil influence. They may have their hour, but you know what? The clock is ticking and sooner or later, something that they can't escape. They're going to have to end up meeting and that is death. And that is the grave. Woo. Oh, I tell you what life is very uh, brief and uh, fleeting. Hallelujah. So we're going to serve the Lord and we're going to be blessed and we're going to see the judgment of the wicked. Now, it is not possible to experience liberation from sin without the help of the Holy Spirit. We all want to live lives that are pleasing to the Lord and knowing that all of the evil that is in this world, I mean, we're walking through it. It's not only uh, like physically walking, but it's, it's, it's also all of the, uh, the media. It's the things that you sometimes see or hear completely unintentional because they're just out there. It's walking through all of these things. And it's the Holy Spirit that gives us constant victory. And we, greatly must rely upon him. Let's go to second Corinthians chapter three. I'm so glad that you're here today to hear this message because God is going to keep you real close to him and close to him is the place of safety, refuge, protection, provision, joy, and blessing while outside there's going to be all kinds of shakings and rollings and tumultuous events, but we are solid in the Lord. Hallelujah. Second Corinthians chapter three, verse 17, part B, the latter part of the verse says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. 
Pastor Steve and I want to live a clean life and live free from sin. I'm telling you right now, you cannot do it without the Holy Spirit. Because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And if He's not there, there's the opposite. There's various bondages. There's various frustrations. There's dilemmas and difficulties that can perplex even the most... Um, uh, steel minded person who maybe wants to overcome, but there's some things that it, you're not going to get there mentally. Although you need to use your will. Your, your will is one of the greatest things that God has given you your ability to choose and to decide. But along with that, it's going to take more than just a steel wheel. It takes the power of the Holy spirit to put you over because trust me, he's the one that brings the Liberty. Mm -mm. Excuse me while I take a drink of hot tea. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Let me ask you a question. Are you ever tormented by some form of impure thought? Do you find yourself at times fighting sinful habits? Well, in these types of moments, or these types of situations where maybe you feel you're being bombarded, then you need to engage the help of the spirit of holiness, the Holy spirit. He is holy. And we must always remember that we're told in the word of God through the, the prayer that Hannah lifted up to the Lord, that by strength, no man shall prevail. You can have the best intentions, but without the Holy Spirit, you cannot get over into the fullness of liberty and freedom that God wants you to enjoy. Now, let's go to the book of Isaiah, chapter 59. I've always loved this passage. Let's take a look at it today. Isaiah 59, and let's go to verse 19. So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west, and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, how many of you have ever experienced that where maybe you're just trying to mind your own business, serve the Lord, go about your day and boom, there's like a bombardment against your mind an attack. Maybe, maybe it's demons of condemnation saying you failed and we're never going to let you forget it. Let me tell you right now, my friends that, one of the easiest ways to enjoy God's best for your life is number one, forget the past. Number two, embrace the day that you have now. And number three, look forward to tomorrow with expectancy. Mm -mm. But you're going to have to forget the past, forget the mistakes. The blood of Jesus has washed those things away and you have to go on with the Lord. But I tell you that time, there are times the enemy can come in and just try to blast your mind. And oh, we remember what you did. And they'll try to just, just bring all kinds of crazy memories and stuff like that. Or maybe accusations, or maybe just a fresh attack and something that he would like to try to take you out in. Well, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will lift up a standard against him. Praise the Lord. When the enemy surges in with various temptations to stop you from manifesting your sonship in Christ, then then there's different things you can do. One of the things you can do is just burst out in tongues. Yeshua, and just start speaking in tongues. 
start speaking in tongues. Hallelujah. But, but you're going to have to rely upon the Holy Spirit because there's different kinds of weaponry that we can pull out of, you know, the, the quiver and, and shoot. But we have to rely upon the Holy Spirit, uh, which arrow to pull out and shoot. And he's the one so often that's trying to pass you or stir up in you the weaponry that, that you need. And it could be begin to pray in the spirit. But sometimes it could be something totally different, something maybe even very simple. Sometimes it could be something when the enemy is bringing that full onslaught and you're starting to feel, oh, God, help. This, this is like overwhelming. Sometimes he can turn it by just giving you one song. Now, you're going to have to cooperate with the Holy Spirit, and he's going to want you to sing along with him. Isn't that nice? You and the Holy Spirit, you and God can sing a duet. Isn't that amazing? Let me give you an example of a story that happened to a, a really good minister. His name was Walter Butler, and he ministered a lot back in the 1950s, 1960s, mainly overseas. He went to over 100 nations preaching the gospel, but before he ever had an international ministry, he had a situation that happened where one day, uh, and before that he was a teacher at a Bible college, and, uh, but one day, uh, uh, this was, is, was when the Bible college was not open, this was like in the summer I think, he had a, a situation where he knew in his heart that the Lord wanted to speak to him, and so he told his wife, hey, I'm going to go away for a few days, check into a hotel, and just pray and find out what it is that God wants to talk about, because I really sense he, he has something for me that he wants to say. So his wife said, yeah, sure, go ahead. And so he goes to the hotel, checks in, and uh, goes in, into a few days of prayer and fasting. So he had just cleared 48 hours of no food and primarily praying. He got a little sleep each night, not much, just maybe a couple of hours, and he would wake back up, get back into prayer. And, and when I say in prayer, he's not so much praying or like what we would call interceding or making, per, you, know, uh, you know, petitions before the Lord. He's mainly just presenting himself to the Lord, saying, Lord, here I am, and he's waiting on the Lord. Uh, uh, Lord, I'm all ears, whatever you want to say. And this went on uh, of this time of waiting on the Lord uh, just past uh, two full days when he said, suddenly the Lord Jesus in a vision walked into the room. He walked into that hotel room and Walter Butler said it was fascinating because when the Lord came in, it's like a sovereign experience because he is the King of Kings. And it's like uh, there was like a robe uh, as Isaiah said, the train of his robe fills the temple. Well, that, that robe can be a literal robe, but it's also it has a dual meaning in the sense of the glory that follows him, just like the train of the robe of a, you know, uh, you know, political figures don't wear it today, but back in the older days when kings or queens, they'd have that, that, that lengthy part of the robe that kind of trailed back behind him. Well, Brother Butler said when the Lord came into the room, that robe that train of the robe followed him and the glories following him. And when Jesus came and stood in front of him, then that glory began to dissipate outward, uh, expand outward where it filled the entire room. And brother Butler says, I realized then that every inch of this room is now filled with the glory of God. And so he had the Lord come to him in that vision and personally teach him one-on-one -on -one for four hours 
for four hours about his assignment, what his unique message is to be, and how he is being commissioned to take this message to the nations of the world. Mm, mm, mm. So the teaching went on, one-on-one -on -one for four hours. And uh, Butler said, the, you know, the Lord would give him a scripture. Then the Lord would uh, unveil that scripture, expound upon it, and give him the, the insight of it. And then once he understood that, then the Lord would give him another one. And it was all in the same theme of understanding the manifest presence of the Lord and having the real relationship with the Lord that's not just intellectual, but is real heart to heart. And so... Uh, as that vision came to a conclusion, the Lord began to leave, and just before He left, He made a statement, and He said this, and then the Lord left, and then He was, he was tested. The Lord left, and then He was tested, and then the Lord disappeared. And that left Brother Butler thinking, well, what did the Lord mean by that? He leaves, and then I'm going to be tested. Hmm. Well, he thought, well, I'm not quite sure what the Lord meant by that, but he was real tired at this point, and he thought, well, I'm just, I'm going to, I'm going to lay down on the bed and take a nap, and he was, as he was getting ready to take a little rest, Satan walked into the room, and it, uh, Brother Butler said it was very similar experience that when Satan walked in, because uh, he is, in a sense, a fallen prince, when he walked in, his evil glory followed him just as if he were a king with a long robe, a train of, uh, of glory, so to speak, but it's evil glory. That evil presence followed him. And when Satan came into the room, that presence comes with him. And when Satan stopped to address brother Butler, when he stopped, the presence spread out and filled the entire room with that evil presence. So it was the exact same experience as the Lord, but the exact opposite uh, you know, uh, anointing a, a genuine, and now this is all evil. So, Brother Butler said, I was, you know, I was sitting on the bed, I was about to lay down, and I was, you know, hanging an item over on the side of the bed bedpost. That's when, when he walked in, and this thing happened. And he said, Satan looked directly at me and said, You did not have a visitation from the Lord. And Brother Butler said, Yes, I did too. Yes, I did. And so, Satan begins to really. Uh, bombard him with all types of questions and statements and begin to say things like, you will not have an international ministry. And he said, yes, the Lord said, I will. And he said, you will never leave the country. Matter of fact, you will not preach anymore. You will lose your mind. You will end up in an insane asylum. And Butler would go, uh, retort back like, no, I won't. God is my shield and my strength. And so uh, the devil would just unleash all of these real harsh statements and uh, Butler would refute them. And this went on for a while. And then the devil just disappeared. And Butler thought, hmm, he's gone. But Butler also said, I had a suspicion that he was going to come back. And so there was, it was like a boxing match. And so uh, there was an interim. <laughs> and then he said, the devil came back. So Satan walked back into the room. Praise God. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Now, Butler said that when Satan came back into the room the second time, it was like he'd gotten stronger and he began to blast with uh, accusations. You'll die. You'll die young. And Butler said, no, I won't. I'll live my life out. And then Satan would say things like, you're losing your mind. See, 
the room is beginning to spin. And Butler said, no, I'm not losing my mind. But he said this time the devil was extremely aggressive. And the devil actually made the room start to turn just like a merry-go-round. And then he made, the devil made all kinds of weird shapes like squares and pyramid shapes and rectangle shapes begin to float in the air and all kinds of uh, bizarre things floating through the air. And the devil said, see, you're losing your mind. And Butler said, I am not losing my mind. This is just your deceptive tricks. And this went on and on. And, but he said the devil was just relentless in, uh, in saying things like, you did not have a vision from the Lord. And uh, he was attacking very severely. Like, and it was like a boxer hitting the other one and starting to get the upper hand. And Butler said, I didn't say it, but on the inside I could feel I'm getting weaker. And it seems like he's getting stronger. And the devil began to really just blast real strong. And when it seemed like Butler said, when it seemed like I could not hold out any longer, he said, I just fell out on the bed because I was like, I was like, a, I was just like totally spent. And when I fell out on the bed and the devil was ready to really, you know, pour it on then he said, I fell out on the bed, but suddenly down in my belly area and floating upward there was a song and it was the Holy Spirit. I heard the Holy Spirit begin to sing this song. And this is what the Holy Spirit was singing. It was one of those old time Pentecostal songs is about Jesus. It kind of goes like this. Isn't he wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Isn't he wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. And the whole song is about the Lord Jesus. <laughs> And Butler heard that, and so he just joined in and started singing with the Holy Spirit. And uh, so now Butler starts singing along too. Isn't he wonderful, wonderful, wonderful? And the devil's standing over there getting really mad because nobody's paying attention to him anymore. And Butler realized, I'm not paying attention to the devil anymore. And he got caught up in the song. He got caught up in praising the Lord Jesus and it was that moment that the enemy threw the towel in, Satan himself threw the towel in, turned around and left. Mm, and I would say threw the towel in. He didn't literally throw a towel in, but he just realized, I can't stop him. I can't beat him now. Because why? The Holy Spirit showed up. And then Brother Butler heard the Holy Spirit quote Isaiah 59, verse 19, the latter part of this verse. But he said it just a little bit different. He said the Holy Spirit said it like this. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will lift up an armed defense against him. I like that. I think sometimes we've heard the name Jehovah Nisi. Oh, the Lord's my banner. Yes, Pastor Stephen. Well, when we get in trouble in the Lord and, and, and the Satan comes after us, Jesus lifts up a banner. Holy Spirit lifts a banner up. Uh, that, that's nice, but, and he is God, Jesus is Jehovah Nisi, but you're going to need more than the flag. Okay. To stop that guy when he comes in. And so what that banner is technically in the Hebrew, that's a war banner. Okay. That means, uh, Hey, we hit back. We're, we're going to, we're going to, we shoot back. You shoot at us, we're going to shoot at you. So there's, there's pushback, but it's totally different when it's now God pushing back on your behalf. The Spirit of the Lord will lift up an armed defense against him. And that's what happened. How? How? Through a song. <laughs> through a song. Isn't that amazing that the Holy Spirit can give you absolute victory through a song? One song. One song. 
So that's what I'm trying to say. There's, there's no telling what weaponry the Holy Spirit might, uh, you know, pass to you. It could be a song, or it could be tongues, or it could be a prophetic utterance, or whatever it might be. It could be a dance. It could literally be a dance in the Spirit. But whatever it is, that is your means of victory. That is your means of deliverance. By the way, uh, it was after that that the nations began to open up to Brother Butler, and he went on. After that initial vision of Jesus, he went on to fulfill that mandate, that assignment, and he taught the manifest presence of the Lord, that specialty subject. He taught it all over the world in over 100 nations. Praise God. Mm -mm. What a blessing. What a blessing. So, my friends, the Holy Spirit leads you into relationship with Jesus. And let me say this. The Holy Spirit will share things with you that he will absolutely not share with nominal Christians who do not care, who are not really into God or the things of God, and honestly, who have just not paid the price. They have no interest in paying the price. They have no interest in spending more time in prayer, devoting themselves to the word. They're just, they just want to go to heaven. Okay. By the way, who doesn't want to go to heaven, right? <laughs> okay. But I'm talking about if you want to get into this deeper relationship with God, which is based out of a real, honestly, a friendship. That's what develops between you and God. Then uh, God, God will share things with you that he would never, ever tell a nominal Christian. Mm-mm. Wow. Um, many Christians know all types of information about God, but when you talk to them, you realize uh, they don't really know him. It's like me saying, well, I know, I know information about um, uh, this astronaut. I know his age, and I know when he landed on the moon, and I, have you ever met him? Oh, no, I don't know him personally. Okay, so I, I, I know about him, but I don't, I don't know him. Hmm. I spoke at a convention once, and, and one of the one of the speakers was one of the astronauts that had landed on the moon, and uh, I spoke I spoke afterwards, and uh, so I knew who that man was. I knew about him, but I never I had never met him. Okay, so this is the way it is for many. Uh, many Christians they know the Lord in the sense of the salvation experience. They've been born again, but as far as knowing God as a person and moving into that friend relationship. Uh, that's a totally different category right there. Now, here's an amazing truth. Satan does not care how much theology we know, or if we can read the Bible in Hebrew or Greek, but he does care about our personal relationship with God, and he seeks to destroy it. That's what he's after, is that one-on-one close walk with God. He knows that's the danger zone for him, and he knows that's the victory zone for you. That's why he will try to go after that and try to disrupt that. You know, the ways of God are so different from the workings of man. And praise the Lord. There's a few things I want to talk about along this line. God will give everyone that is yielded to the Holy Spirit a place of power and authority because he can trust them through the relationship that has been developed through time spent with him and, and obedience to his commandments and his instructions. Let's take a look at a scripture 
that will give a little more insight. Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13. Praise God. Mm -mm. Let's go to verse 20. He who walks with wise men will be wise, but the companion of fools will be destroyed. Let's focus on the first part of that. He who walks with wise men will be wise. Well, we already know that God is the all-wise God. He's the all-knowing, all-wise God. When you walk with Him, His presence, His wisdom rubs off on you. And when you do that, God will honor that effort, that seeking, that pursuit of Him. And He will also place people in your life who are wise in their knowing of God as well. Praise the Lord. Well, Pastor Steve, what do you mean about those who are wise in knowing God? Well, this used to be something that perplexed me. I, th I used to think when I was much, much younger that if a person was a minister and they did the ministry full-time, whether apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, or teacher, I thought that meant they knew God. Mm. And any question that I have, they will have the answer. Well, I found out that's definitely not true because there's a lot of pastors, uh, a lot of ministers that if you were to ask them, what is your occupation? They're actually embarrassed to say man of God or preacher. They actually say, I'm a motivational speaker. Okay. Well, what in the world is that? What are you trying to motivate people to do? Because you're going to need more than motivation to people to get people out of hell in the heaven. There needs to be repentance. And then you have others that say, oh, I'm not a preacher. I'm just a life coach. A life coach? Okay, so why not just say that you're embarrassed of being identified as a preacher? I'll tell you right now, I'm a Pentecostal preacher. That's what I am. I'm not ashamed about, about that. Hallelujah. So you can have good, good men, good women in ministry, and they're doing a good work. They love God. They love God. But, um, but if you were to start asking them certain spiritual type of questions, very quickly you realize there's a lot they can't, they can't, they cannot run in that area, nor do they have any desire to. <laughs> they don't want to prophesy uh, lest, lest it not go perfect and or, you know, they don't want any moving of the Spirit, no gifts of the Spirit. And if that, you know, that's what they want, then, they, you know, God's not going to override, you know, that person that is over that ministry. And so, you know, if you are in a boat like that, there's not going to be too much going on on that ship. Mm -mm. And so it took me a while to realize that just because a person is in ministry doesn't mean necessarily that they're spiritual. And, you, you know, I, I learned this years back because I, I would go to ask various pastors, you know, certain questions, you know, moving into the area of uh, things that would be spiritual. I'm not talking about doctrine, basic, simple doctrine. They've got that down really well. But if I want to ask for maybe like a prophetic interpretation or something that would be more spiritually oriented, they, they, can't, they can't even go there. Why? Their mind doesn't want to go there. Their mind is on the golf course. And that's where their body is at most of the time also. Even the day before Sunday, on the golf course all day. On the golf course uh, Friday afternoon, things like that. So they cannot get into that. Mm -mm. Wow. I was talking to a minister sometime back. And uh, just floated a few questions by. I kind of already had the sense, uh, you know, we're not going to be able to run down this lane together. But just floated a few questions. And he gave scriptures. He gave scriptures. 
Um, but, you know, I'd say be careful with quoting scriptures like, you know, like you're holding a machine gun shooting bullets. Yeah, but the Bible says this here. And yeah, the Bible says that there. Yes. And we, we know those scriptures too, right? Okay. But I'm talking about knowing God. Because remember, this is a spiritual book. And while, yes, we need to study it, and yes, we need to use our minds and even read commentaries and things like that, but the truth is, you're never really going to understand it unless you develop into spiritual maturity, because I've come across pastors with PhDs, and they'll sit there and tell you that speaking in tongues is of the devil. Okay, uh something has gone wrong here. They'll tell you with all their intellect and all the mental energies they have poured into the study of the word of God. They'll tell you there are no more miracles today. Well, how do you know that Pastor Stephen? Because I've had them tell me these things. Okay. And I've had them tell me other types of things. So while we do want to study God's word, you're not going to understand some things just through intellect alone. You're going to need the Holy spirit who is the author who moved upon these men when they wrote it to get, really grasp the meaning. Now, I've got some other people that are very close friends of mine that if I ever have an encounter or a situation uh, where I have some kind of a vision or something like that, I'm going to always, and there's two of them, I'm, all, I'm going to always run it by them. Why? They're very spiritually deep. <laughs> all they want to do is pray. All they want to do is preach the gospel. They're studying. They're praying. Uh, I'm not saying that they don't have recreational life or, or anything like that. They have a good, well-balanced life, but they're just totally, really focused on God and the things of God. And so I could run those things by, uh, by them and get phenomenal feedback every single time. And by God's grace, they sometimes call me too. Pastor Stephen, uh, I had this happen and so forth and so forth. But see, when you walk with the wise, it's going to make you wise. But there's a spiritual wisdom that we've got to be able to tie into. It comes from the Holy Spirit. It helps you to navigate all of the landmines that the enemy has laid out there, hoping that he's going to ensnare you or you're going to snap on one and have a blow up situation. But with the Holy Spirit, uh, you just go through those things going from victory to victory to victory, but you really have to walk close to the Lord. That's what makes it real. And that's why for many, they see the promises. They see what is laid out before us that we can walk in, but yet they don't give their life to it and they don't pour their heart into it. And thus that's why they are not seeing the results that they want. Very, very interesting. See, you can, you can read the scriptures and it says, you know, uh, Mark chapter 16, you know, it says these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. They shall. Okay. And they, then you have all the miracles listed. They shall lay hands on the sick. They shall recover. They sh shall speak with new tongues and, uh, and, and so forth. And you have other scriptures, uh, in the Bible that talk about raising the dead and so forth. And so people can read that and they can, they can see good New Testament doctrine, and then they could run out there and try to apply it. But every situation you're going to have to rely upon the Holy spirit because there can be factors and variables involved that you don't know about. Well, the scripture says this. Yes, it does. But, that, but there could be some other scriptures with some other insights and some other biblical concepts, 
that if you, if you don't know about them, they, uh, it's going to have an effect on what you're trying to do. I'll give you an example. I was called one morning. It's about t- maybe 10, 10 30 in the morning by a local brother. Now he doesn't live here anymore. He and his family moved, but I got a phone call and he said, Stephen, can you please come over to so-and-so's house immediately? There's no, there's no breath in him. I said, what does that mean? There's no breath in him. He said, well, there's no breath in them. I said, well, what does that mean? Now he's trying to be spiritual. He doesn't want to say the guy's dead, but the guy was dead. Now, now suddenly this guy's trying to, he's trying to be a man of faith and make a good confession. He should have made your good confessions earlier. It's too late for now. Got, got the guy's dead. Anyhow, so he basically wants me to come over and pray for a man that has died that night. Okay. It was, it was real early in the morning. I think maybe he died like two o'clock or three o'clock in the morning. And now it's like 1030 in the morning. I said, okay, I'll come over. So I got there. It was about 11 o'clock in the morning. Now the person that had passed away, I knew, I knew him. I knew him pretty well. Matter of fact, I knew a couple things that I would say 99% of the people did not know about him. I knew that he was under great financial pressure. Others didn't know that. Actually, everybody else thought he was doing really good. I knew that he wasn't because he told me in, in, in private, he said, uh, Stephen, he said, I don't know what I'm going to do because I have completely run out of money and I'm about to go over the waterfall and nobody knows it and I don't have any money. So everybody th- thought, you know, because he had, he had a lot of money before that, but it, it ran out. And for whatever reason, he got a little carried away with spending and this, that, and the other, and having such a good time. And eventually, uh, he's now at the end. And nobody knew that. Nobody, but he had shared that with me. And so he was under tremendous pressure. Woo, let me tell you, there's been many people that have met an early grave because of financial calamities and financial dilemma. Uh, and that pressure hits them and strikes fear into them because they don't know the covenant. And so they don't know how to respond. And, and then there's, you know, a lot of times, and you can have compiled on top of that, uh, all these now it, it will produce heart problems and so forth. Anyhow, that's what happened. He basically had a heart attack and he died. And so I get over there at right around maybe 11 o'clock in the morning, go over to the house and the house is full of people. Well, pastor Stephen, they called you. Yeah. They called me last. Do you know why? Because they called all the goofballs first and all the, all the, all the, I'm talking about the Christian goofballs. Oh, they, they called this person, that person. Of course, those responses were always, yes, I shall come now and raise him from the dead. And they all, so all the people are all coming over so they can have their shot. Who rise up, right? You know, there, there, when I came over, it was a circus going on in that room. You wouldn't believe the circus going on. I told you to rise. And, uh, all the, and there's a dead man sitting there. And, um, and of course he's dead. He's dead. He's not moving at all. Oh, but pastor Stephen, the scripture says that we shall lay, lay hands on the sick. They recover and we shall raise the dead. Yes. Pastor Stephen, we're going to raise him. So everybody was having their turn under the sun to raise brother. So-and-so from the dead because he was rather young when he passed away. I think maybe late fifties or something like that. Anyhow, I walk in there and, um, 
You know, before that phone call had come that morning, I'd already spent a lot of time in prayer. I was real calm, real relaxed, and of course, you know, sad to hear that this brother is no longer alive. So I go over there, and uh, I walked into the room, and it's like, again, like a circus going on. Everybody, oh, God, raise him, raise him, um, raise him up, all, all that, you know. You can only imagine how goofy that was. So uh, all the prophetic people, oh, raise up, shake him, shake him harder, raise up, you know, and all this. I, I won't get into it, but it was, it was not good. And that was going on for hours and hours and hours before I'd gotten there. Well, I walked into all this pandemonium, and I walked over to, to him. I mean, this body sitting there in the chair, he's dead. And I, I felt the Holy Spirit come on me. And I, and I called him by name, I, and I said, I said, Rise up and come back now in the name of Jesus. And his spirit came back from heaven and came right up to his mouth. Now I had my hand. I said, come back. I had my, my hand, but I said that stretched right towards his mouth. Didn't touch him right towards his mouth. His spirit came and stopped right by my hand. I could feel I could, I, how can I describe that? I, could, I just knew it, it was, well, I, it's hovering like there. There's like, a, like, a, like a, a holy vibration. His spirit came there, but his spirit would not go back into his body. And he spoke to me and said, Stephen, I don't want to go back. And with great authority, I, I called him my name. I said, come back in the name. And before I could finish my, you know, exclamation, come back in the name of Jesus, he interrupted me. His spirit was standing right there outside of his body, would not go back into his dead body. He said, Stephen, I do not want to go back. I'm, I'm leaving. And I knew he was already with the Lord. He said, I'm basically leaving permanently. I'm not coming back. I'm going to be with the Lord forever in heaven. And I stopped. I just stopped right then. I told his wife what happened. It was very difficult, uh, but she knew that that was of the Lord. And I left. Pastor Stephen, what happened when you left? The circus started back up again. And it went for like three days straight. People laying on top of him, rise up, just like Elijah laid on the dead person. Right. And that went on for three days until finally, uh, I think, I think you need to, uh, get him down to the funeral home and get him buried. Eventually that happened. But see, without the Holy Spirit, uh, you can go in all kinds of directions. You can, you can try to walk out certain scriptures. I'm just telling you, you're going to need the help of the Holy Spirit. And you're going to have to be sensitive to him. That means you're going to have to walk real close to the Lord. You know, about two years after that happened, I, uh, I went to go get a latte with my wife. And I was at the coffee house local coffee uh, place, and a lady was there getting her coffee, and she saw me. I hadn't seen her in, in, in a while. She said, Stephen, it's good to see you again. I said, thank you. She said, can I just share something with you? I said, well, go ahead. She said, do you remember when uh, so-and-so passed away, and you came over there that morning to pray for him? I said, yes. She said, I was there in the room. She said, I'd gotten over there real early when we all heard that he'd passed away. I got over there real early, and she said, I saw all the stuff that was going on. She said, I'll never forget how when you walked in, you walked in, you knew exactly what you were doing. And she said, I could tell the moment you heard from God that something had happened and you'd gotten into the spirit and you knew exactly what was going on. And you said, it's over. She said, I knew exactly you had heard from God and you stopped right there and you spoke to his wife and you turned around and walked out. 
She said, I'll never forget how you heard from God and did not go beyond what the Lord said. And she said, then after you left the whole circuit, started back up again with all the hoopla and all the, and it is all flesh. It's all flesh. And she just said, thank you. Thank you for your walk with the Lord. My friends, there are some things that your intellect is not going to be able to take you into. Although God wants you to have a sharp mind and a sound mind. There are some things that you're only going to be able to get there by the Holy Spirit. You know, within the church, you have theologians with all kinds of degrees, and that's great. That's a very honorable thing. But you have them arguing over doctrinal positions, and this one says, this one's right. This one says, oh, no, you're wrong. This one's right. Let me just say, if you could get in the Spirit for one minute, you would know exactly who's right and who's wrong. And so many of these things can be solved by the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit has solved some of them for me. <laughs> I'll, never, I'll never forget one. It's one of the great questions within the body of Christ. It causes a lot of friction between certain camps. And I'll never forget. I got into the Spirit one time in a meeting. I said, oh, Lord. I said, that settles that for me. Oh, and I, I, knew, I knew theology. I knew the doctrines. I knew what the debate was. And I could see why some would say it's this way and others would say from this camp, oh, no, it's this way. Um, but I got the Spirit once and it's just settled that forever for me. And other teachers that I found that are rock solid, I found out, oh, they believe the same way. So there's some things you're only going to catch by revelation. And if you don't catch the revelation, you can't go there. And you can have intellectual knowledge where you can dance around it. But if you don't know the Lord in that area, then uh, you're either going to have to proceed really slow and be very cautious and maybe not write a book on it or comment on it unless you really know. Mm. Woo! These things are very, very interesting. Praise God. Mm, mm, mm. Let me say this, that you can't walk with God real close and be an ordinary person on the earth. It's not possible. You can't experience an outpouring of the Spirit upon your life and receive divine insights and still somehow remain static where you never accomplish anything. That's not possible. <laughs> the Lord has designed His relationship with you to empower you to not just exist on the earth, but to reign on the earth, R-E-I-G-N, to reign on the earth, and then afterwards to go on triumphantly with God to heaven. So I want to encourage you today to settle down in the sense of walk close with God, walk close with God, and you'll outsmart the devil, and you're going to end up making the impact that God has destined for you to achieve. Mm -mm. You know, I was raised in traditional evangelical type Christianity. Then, then when I was... In my 20s, early 20s, I received the baptism in the Holy Spirit. And that greatly affected my life because I began to realize, oh, miracles are for today. God answers prayer supernaturally. Uh, visions are for today. The supernatural is for today. And so I dove into that and have enjoyed that. But as I continued on, I realized there's more than just what we would call basic Pentecostal type uh, ecosystem, you know, where, yes, we believe in tongues, we believe in miracles, but let's not go any further than that. 
I realized there's more. And God began to put me around those that had the deep walk with God, and that ignited fire in me to also want to know God how? More as a friend, where I can have con conversations with God, have real friendship with the Lord. Mm -mm. Praise God. Praise God. I, let me give you an example. I was in a meeting one time in Asia, and the host said to me, he said, he said, now, Brother Stephen, he said, I'm going to have you go up after Prophet so-and-so from Canada. When Prophet so-and-so from Canada ministers, as soon as he's done, uh, you go right up after him. Because watch him. I said, he's going to open up uh, a realm in the spirit, a, a glory realm. And when that begins to open up, I want you to come up. When he's, as soon as he's done, you come up and minister after him. And, and, and then you, could, you can just begin to expand that even further. And I have to admit that I didn't know who that minister was. And when he first started ministering, I thought, could, my, could the host be correct? But the host I knew was a very deep man of God from Singapore, very deep walk with God in the spirit. And so I'm sitting on the front because I'm going to go minister next. And the, the prophet from Canada <clears throat> is ministering. He's an older man, <clears throat> been in ministry for many years. And he goes up there and he starts preaching and teaching and had a had a lot of joy, had a lot of uh, maybe even goofy, kind of silly type stuff that he was doing, but it was getting the people to relax. And uh, as he began to minister and, uh, and talk, I saw in the spirit a glory realm began to, it, it's like started swirling right up where he was standing at, it started swirling and it started opening and it kept moving. It kept moving. And so when he stopped, he had done his job. And he sits down, now it's my time to minister. And so I went up there and I realized this, this glory realm of God has now been opened up. So I just pushed, I just pushed as I taught, began to share certain encounters that God has uh, allowed me to have. And we just opened up into a realm where the glory began to come down. And then, then things got uh, very exciting because now, now others start get, getting lifted up into the presence. Now others are now having live real time encounters with the Lord, receiving deliverance and healing, and etc. Praise the Lord. You know, after, after that meeting was over, uh, after the conference was over, and I'm riding with that Canadian prophet uh, back to our hotel, which was in a, a different area uh, of Taiwan, I'm riding with him, and I said, hey, uh, I said, how did you get an anointing like this? I said, you have a unique type of anointing that's very different. I said, how did you come into this? You know what he told me? He said, I had an encounter, Pastor Stephen, from the Lord. And the Lord told me that if, he, that if I want to come into this, that I'm going to have to lose all sense of religious dignity. Not, not human dignity, but all sense of religious dignity that says you have to act like this, you have to behave like this, you have to lecture or talk like this or stand like this. He, the Lord said, you have to lose all of that. So that you can flow with my spirit and yield to my spirit. And if you're willing to do that, if you're willing to do that, the Lord said, I'll take you into this anointing. <laughs> he said, so he told me, he said, yeah, I said, Lord, I'll take you up on that. <laughs> I don't have anything to lose anyhow. Everybody, you know, nobody really understands me anyhow. So um, he went into it. And he was also one of the carriers of the old latter rain 
uh, revival. Some of you remember that from the back in the 40s where you had uh, a very powerful prophetic movement and you had some prophets also coming over from Ireland and all of that. They all gathered in Canada, in Canada and it exploded into what was called the Latter Rain Movement. And so he, that prophet, was still uh, uh, carrying that that anointing. Look, there are some things God desperately wants back into the church, certain mantles, certain anointings. There are things that the church, the modern day church has not even seen or understood. Therefore they, they rule them out. But I'm telling you, they're going to start to come back and they're going to start to bring deliverance and healing to people that can't get it any other way through life coaching. Okay. I'm not against a life coach. Okay. Or through these other methods they're trying to just motivate people all the time. Pastor Stephen, I'm a cheerleader for Jesus. Uh, I don't need no cheerleader. Praise God. I'm already self-motivated. I need, I need the touch of God. Hallelujah. Cause you're not going to motivate a dead person back to life. You have to understand these things. That's one of the things the Lord taught me. The Lord uh, told me also that with authority, you can exercise authority only over somebody that is willing to yield to that authority in the sense that when that brother said, Stephen, I'm not coming back. I don't want to come back. I'm with the Lord now. I'm not coming back. I cannot make him stay just because his wife is bawling and his son is sad. I, I, I can't, I, I, I can't override that. I can't override that. Mm, 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 mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. These things are very, very interesting. Hallelujah. Glory. God's got some, some remarkable experiences planned for you. But you're going to have to position yourself with a hearing ear. And you're going to have to say, I want to be a spiritual person. I don't want to be a spiritual meathead that just cannot pick up on anything of God. And so you're going to have to spend time with the Lord. Mm -hmm. Wow. You know, when I was at NRB, my wife and I were at the National Religious Broadcasters uh, meeting uh, there in Nashville just recently. Uh, uh, there was a there was a man that yeah, he and his wife own a television network. And uh, he said, Hey, Stephen, your, your program's doing really good on our, on our network. People like it. And we get a lot of responses, you know, back at the headquarters. I said, that's wonderful. He said, I watch you every Sunday morning on pure gold. I said, that's good. He said, man, he said, Stephen, you're teaching. He says, every time I watch you, I feel so convicted by God. <laughs> I said, I said, well, I hope it's a good conviction. He says, it is. He, he says, it is. Because he's ba he was basically telling me, I'm not, I'm not rising up to be the person that God wants me to be. I've just been goofing off a lot. And now he's, do he's doing a lot. But as far as knowing God as a friend, uh, he hasn't really engaged that. He's been doing a lot of other fun things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So my friends, we present the word. And if you will walk with the wise, if you will walk with God, you will become wise that wisdom will rub, rub off on you. The, his presence will rub off on you. Praise God. And you'll, you'll be able to learn a lot of things just through the Lord's presence when it appears or when he pulls back and leaves. Mm, praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Some of you have never been in maybe what we would call a school of ministry. But in a sense, you are in your own form of schooling through the teaching and mentoring of the Holy Spirit. 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. And in order to graduate, you're going to have to throw off all the misconceptions and all of the limitations that family members, maybe even friends have tried to put on you in order to hold you down because you're wanting to go somewhere. They're not wanting to go anywhere, but yet you have empowerment. You know what they don't know. You have had the covenant unveiled to you. You know uh, that with the Holy spirit, that all things are possible to him who believes and you can't be normal anymore. Hallelujah. You can't, can't act like, well, I don't No, 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 no. You and I both know that as adults, we would be tremendously bored. If somebody took us back to second grade and said, you got to do the whole thing over again. I'm like, look, uh, this has been there, done that and uh, have moved on from that a long time ago. That cannot feed me anymore. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. So, the Lord is going to be moving you this year forward leaps and bounds. Some of you is going to stretch you. Some of you, you're going to think God's actually met, uh, messing with your doctrine, but some of you actually have wrong doctrine. And some of you, uh, what you would even call doctrine is not even biblical. It's tradition. It's, it's nothing but traditions of men. There's no power in it at all. It's just a form it has no power in it at all. And actually holds back the power of God from flowing into your life. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. By the way, in the light, all this fluff always is shown for what it really is. Mm. Mm. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Glory. The Holy Spirit's moving right now. I believe there's chains and fetters that are falling off of people of addictions. Yeah, you actually, while I've been teaching, you feel like you're on fire. You feel like you've been eating habanero peppers and you're hot. Some of you are even beginning to, to perspire right now. See, the Holy Spirit is, as Jesus said, that winnowing fan. He is burning things up on the inside of you right now. And I just speak to any addiction or any bondage. Somebody is watching me and you're addicted uh, to uh, medicine, uh, to pills that the doctor has prescribed their prescription drugs but because you've been on them for so long that you have now become addicted to them and you, you need them not only to relieve the pain, but also because of the addiction to them. I speak to that addiction right now. I say, be destroyed in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ through the anointing of the Holy Spirit, through the power of the Lord. Be set free for where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. And the Holy Spirit's coming down upon somebody's mind. You've been in a state of confusion. You've been making all kinds of mistakes, going into the wrong this, wrong that. But that, that is coming off of you right now by the power of the Holy Spirit. Some of, uh, somebody watching, uh, you have not been able to sp even speak right, but the Holy Spirit is anointing your tongue right now, and it's going to even affect the way that you talk and speak to others because you're going to have authority. You're going to have confidence that you have never had before. The Lord is loosing your tongue right now, and it's all for His glory. Praise God. Glory, glory, glory. The Lord is also going to restore financial dignity to some of you that have been defeated in the area of finances, and much of the defeat can be contributed to religious indoctrination, religious teaching taught by well-meaning preachers, but it was wrong. It was, it was traditions of men, and it was contrary to 
God's clear teaching. And you're going to be delivered from that and set free. And you're going to be able to fly finally and flourish the way God wants you to. And I just speak that over your life. Receive the freedom of financial freedom that God has planned for you in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Spread your wings and soar and know that it pleasures God's heart when you prosper. Praise the Lord. It brings him glory and it makes him happy. That's very, very important. Just as if you had children, you would not want to see them barefoot, malnourished, and, uh, you know, uh, in some type of uh, situation where they don't have clean drinking water or whatever the case might be. You wouldn't say that makes me proud to see them in that state. No, you would be grieved in your heart. You want them well taken care of. How much more does your heavenly father want to see you blessed and doing well? Praise God. Glory. Glory. For those of you that would like to receive the, the impartation of being able to see in the spirit and you just have that closer walk with God and you want to move forward in that area, lift your hands right now, lift your hands because there's, there's some new mantles that are going to even be released today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Some of you, some of you are going to get something, even a breakthrough mantle. Praise God. Lift your hands. Father, I pray for those that are watching. Let a new breakthrough mantle fall upon your people now in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I see it in the spirit of hammer. God has put a hammer in your, in your right hand and just knock the walls down by faith and go forward. Hallelujah. Now there's also a spirit of revelation, which is very important to have revelation knowledge of God's word, not just good intentions. You must know that you have heard from God. That is the cause of some of you, uh, your, of, of your dilemma, because you went out and did something. It was a good thing that you went and did, but God didn't tell you to do that. You just ran with it. And it's uh, either God didn't commission it or the timing's off. But either way, uh, you, you have got to hear properly. So those of you that want the spirit of revelation, lift your hands. Father, I pray for the spirit of revelation to Flow, wisdom and revelation that they only pursue what you have for them and they not be tricked by the devil who would try to overextend them or tax them with unnecessary burdens. Father, we thank you in the name of Jesus, in Jesus name. Amen. Glory, glory, glory to God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory, glory. Lord, we give you praise today. Hallelujah. If you're watching today's program and you've never given your heart to the Lord, then you are under the dominion and influence of Satan himself. But today you can escape and come into God's kingdom and be saved. Pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner, but you died on the cross to save sinners like me. So Jesus, I give you my life. I repent of my sins. Wash me with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life. Step into my life, Lord Jesus, and lead me and guide me from this day forward. In your name, I pray. Amen. And amen. Welcome. Welcome to the family of God. Hallelujah. Those of you that have just prayed the salvation prayer, I'd love to hear from you. Email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org and just say, Pastor Stephen, I received Christ. I am now a born again Christian. Praise the Lord. Oh, Lord Jesus, we give you praise. There's an anointing 
of revelation that's still flowing. It's flowing right now. Some of you are beginning to understand some things better. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. Praise the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I, um, I texted somebody last night. I've been praying, just walking around praying in the Spirit for quite some time. I just texted uh, a ministry partner that I hadn't maybe communicated with in maybe nine months, maybe, maybe closer to a year. Just sent a, a text off, and they text back and basically said, Pastor Stephen, are you spying on me? How in the world did you know that? I said, well, I don't know, but God does, and he showed it to me. <laughs> and I'm over here praying, hallelujah. God showed that to me. I just want to encourage you. Praise the Lord. My friends, God's got your number. God will talk with you about all kinds of things, but you have to get close to him because he doesn't, he doesn't deal like that with just normal Christianity. He absolutely does not. And some of you, that's why you've been a little bit uh, uh, frustrated in a good way. You're like, God, I, I, I want to, I want to converse and talk uh, in, in a deeper way. And as iron sharpens iron, so does one man sharpen another. But you can't sharpen yourself with wood. Iron sharpens iron. Praise God. And so God's bringing those those good, healthy relationships, praise God, and the spiritual food that will help you. So, Father, we give you praise. We thank you. We thank you today. My friends, let's take Holy Communion together. Grab some unleavened bread. Let's grab some grape juice. You know, it's not surprising that there are many, what I would call kingdom mysteries, that the theologians so often don't understand because why it's a mystery. So they think, well, if we can't understand it, if we can't explain it, then this is what it must mean. And so often they're wrong, such as like the anointing oil. Oh, that's just a bottle of oil. Pastor Stephen it's just got cooking oil or maybe olive oil in it. That's just a bottle of oil. That's just symbolic. No, it's not. No, it's not. I've heard elders and pastors say, well, when we just pour the oil, it's just symbolic. doesn't really do anything. It's just symbolic. Uh, if that's what you think, then that's what it is for you. But for those that know the power of, a, of, of really knowing how to work with the anointing oil, no, it's not symbolic. There is a real anointing being released. Oh, you better believe it. But that, you, you know, that's not something that you can physically see. It's a spiritual mystery as many other mysteries are as well. But we believe it because that's how the Bible explains it and unveils it to us. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the bread, the juice. We bless it and set it apart as being holy through this prayer. We thank you that this is the flesh and the blood of Jesus. And Father, as we receive the Lord's body, we just choose to walk in love, teaching the truth in love, being quick to forgive. We thank you, Father God. We thank you for grace and strength being released today. We thank you, Father God, that you have invited us into the very throne room of grace. So that is really a place that we need to be going to very often. Thank you, Father God. Thank you for the anointing of your spirit, the catching up anointing. Not just the rapture, but the experiences with you. Thank you, Father God of Revelation. We give you praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's partake.
I think of the scripture, O taste and see that the Lord is good. Now, how many theologians have I heard say, that's only metaphorical, that's just symbolic. No, O taste and see that the Lord is good. One dear prophet of God said that he had a vision, and he saw the Lord Jesus, and the Lord Jesus spread his arms and said, Behold me, everything about me is goodness. Mm-mm. Now that doesn't mean that the Lord doesn't deal with sin, doesn't deal with wicked people who do wicked things, but towards his people, there's goodness. Praise God. Mm-mm. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. We ask that you would wash us from all sins, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And we thank you, Father God. We thank you for what, the work that you're doing today in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Glory. 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 Glory to the Lord. You know, I had a, a situation. I can't remember what year it is off the top of my head. Maybe it was 2012 when I was ministering in Berlin, Germany. And while I was in Berlin, staying in an apartment one day, uh, everybody had, had left. And it, it was that time that the Lord chose to visit me. And I had a visitation from the Lord in a vision. And the Lord spoke with me and he shared some things where he told me, I want you to start talking about the supernatural experiences I've allowed you to have. I said, I said that I would do that, but he knew also that I was a little hesitant because of sometimes people's reactions. But he said, oh no, he said, go ahead, because my people are ready now. And I found that God's people are ready, that there is a great undercurrent or people uh, in the body of Christ that are just fed up in a sense and, and basically said, I can't live off all of this baby food that I'm being fed all the time. I can't live off messages that these playboy preachers are preaching and these, these little sermonettes that uh, I, people are saying, I can't live off that anymore. My, my question is, if the message is not producing victory, then why are you listening to it? That's the whole thing. The message of the gospel, the full gospel, will produce victory in every area of your life. My friends, in order to experience that, we must Walk close with the Lord. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, bless, bless your people today. And I thank you for mighty encounters and visitations that this is the year of growth. This is the year where your people understand they were designed by you to reign. Hallelujah. We thank you, Father God, that they're going to begin to dominate in their life, and the devil cannot bully them or push them around anymore. We give you all the praise in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Thanks for watching. I'll see you back next time.